Hello, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. Welcome to Plant Profits. And I'm your host of Plant Profits. And looking forward to this discussion, my guest today in the last six months, uh, he's been very, very <laughs> busy to say the to say the least. Uh, my next guest has over 30 years of experience building and restructuring multinational organizations around the world. Um, with a strong emphasis in healthcare. Healthcare has been the common thing here. And uh, I want you all uh, to meet my guest. My guest is Peter Caldini, and Peter is the CEO of Acreage Holdings. And I know you've heard of those folks. And um, I'm welcoming Peter to the show. Peter, how are you? Great, great. Thanks uh, for having me, uh, Vern. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I'm not kidding. You have been busy as hell and we're going to get into some of these amazing activities, man. But let's, let's talk about it though. You've been focused in healthcare. Mm -hmm. You know, you did some schooling down and you lived in Boston, got some schooling done and in Italy, you got some schooling done, but you, you went into healthcare and had this amazing global career with Pfizer, right? right? Yeah. Pfizer and also Bayer and and, uh, Wyeth. Yeah, which became Pfizer. Yeah, which came became Pfizer, right? Yeah, and and uh, and you work globally. I mean, you you right. had responsibilities in many countries, and yeah, and I'm sure that that has put you in position to to even understand this thing called cannabis, and and it looks like you really got into cannabis when you led uh, Bespoke Capital, a fund. Um, a SPAC yeah. that you put together, $360 million business to invest in the cannabis companies and buy cannabis companies. What got you there? How did you go? Now, hey, healthcare, wellness makes sense. What else is to the connection of, of you sure. going and leading these multinationals into this arena? Yeah. So, I, I listen, I think, um, you know, a lot of those experiences, especially in the healthcare um, yeah. space, and when we talk about healthcare, and usually when you mention companies like Pfizer and Bayer, right. everybody thinks oncology and pharma and stuff like that. And I never worked on the pharma side; I was on the uh, the consumer side or over the counter type mm-hmm. of products. So those are like the Advils, the Centrums. Mm-hmm. So they're more consumer packaged goods, but it's a little bit more regulated, right? So mm-hmm. that was a, a good experience, and and a lot of the global experience. Um, Vern was, you know, had a lot of uh, experience working and building organizations and regulated markets and a lot of experience doing turnarounds. And, and that's one of the okay. reasons why the company always said, hey, Pete, we have a problem in, in China. And I understand you have a lot of experience in China. And I would say, not really, but whatever. <laughs> so go you grab your fire hose and get on a plane yeah, and, and go over there. On huh? a plane. So, you, you know, when, <laughs> what happens is in a, in a multinational organization and, you know, especially operating outside the U.S., yeah. You know, there was always opportunities like that. And, you know, I had uh, the experience, you know, very hands on, very kind of entrepreneurial in, in mm-hmm. a corporate environment. And, you know, that's where I got these responsibilities. And um, which I think was very when you talk about operating a cannabis business in the U.S., right? a lot of my experiences outside the U.S. have been very relevant. So I have experience working in emerging markets. So I've worked yeah. in all the major emerging markets like Russia, China. Brazil. And so I understand the fluctuation. I mean, that's kind of mm-hmm. normal. Okay. Uh, the other thing is a lot of experience doing restructuring. And, you know, obviously mm-hmm. the, the story of acreage, mm-hmm. you know, that was a restructuring. So I had a lot of, you know, comfort in, in doing that. 
but also managing across multiple geographies, right? So when I was okay. running Europe, it's very similar to running a cannabis business in the U.S., right? You really? Have to be very, very Let's talk similar. about that. Tell me, tell yeah. me that. Tell me how. Well, you think about it. If you okay. look at cannabis in the U.S., it's mm-hmm. a state-by-state model. Each right. state has different regulations. Each state has different competitive set, consumer behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a state-by-state model. Europe is the same way when you're talking about consumer health care. It's like Germany's different than Italy. and Country France by country. Is, it's yeah. country by country models. So as a leader, right. you have to do a couple things. One, you have to understand what is your portfolio strategy, meaning what are the states that you're really going to drive and prioritize and put mm-hmm. the resources behind? What are the states that you're going to actually probably just maintain? And what are the states you have to make the tough decisions that you're going to exit or, you know, sell that business? So that and then so that's part of the portfolio strategy. And the second part is when it's a state by state model from an operating standpoint, you have to figure out what are you going to decentralize to have it state state. Mm-hmm focus and mm-hmm. how much you're going to bring up to the center that provides the synergies, but you do lack a lot of the, the specific market responsibilities. So P- Peter, stop right there. And I don't mean to interrupt you. That right. What sure. you just said that has been driving MSOs crazy for yeah, a few it, years, right? I mean, that's a few the, years. I mean, yeah. it, Vern, it's like, I mean, but you know, that's why a lot of the international experience really yeah. served me well, because I did run, you know, Pfizer's OTC business in the U.S. And and quite honestly, you know, which was a little bit unpopular to say at Pfizer, I was like, this isn't that complicated. Yeah, it's an easy job. I got an easy job here. And, and, uh, (laughs) but, you know, you you don't, you don't say that. So really, so a lot of it to me is second nature Mm -hmm. operating an environment. It's a state by state model. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you do understand that there are challenges in in terms of operating in that context. And I can understand why some of the MSOs struggle with it. For me, I've been doing it for a number of years. The challenge mm-hmm. where I do have, even within acreage, while I see, hey, this makes sense, it's how it works. Sometimes the rest of the organization, you know, isn't as accustomed. So it's a little bit more of a learning process mm-hmm. for them. So yeah. So that's the experience that kind of prepared me for it. And I think the question that you asked was, you know, how did you get into the space? And, yeah, you know, how did you end up at like acreage? And, you know, for me, you know, great career uh, at Pfizer, really enjoyed my time there. Um, but, you know, the, the, the higher you go, the more kind of, I would say, political and bureaucratic it becomes. And of course. You know, I, I'm very much an operator. And okay. And I had exposure and I saw the opportunity uh, in cannabis. Like a lot of people, I saw a huge commercial opportunity. Right. And uh, not only uh, in the U.S., but on a global basis. So that kind of got me interested in the space. Um, and then I really started learning more about it. You know, as a as a person, as a as a consumer, I always saw cannabis as a probably a healthier alternative to alcohol yeah. on a recreational basis, but I, sure. I didn't know, to be honest, I didn't know much about it. Yeah. Um, what really opened my eyes is when you start really looking into it, a lot of the health benefits that exist. And and so I became, you know, quite honestly, a believer in the power of the plant. I, I right. think there's a lot of positives to, to cannabis and that got me really interested in the space. And as you said, you know, we first started with a SPAC, mm-hmm. um, 
and we did a an IPO um, back in 2019, and wow, it was it was only could only be in federally legal space because we were on the TSX. So we looked at the Canadian operation. We didn't really see much opportunities there, so we ended up doing a qualifying transaction outside of cannabis. Mm-hmm. But then at that point, I got approached by Acreage, and you know, I saw it was a kind of a big mess and you know i like turnarounds and <laughs> that's what you do man yeah <laughs> you this is what you do well thanks for that background because that really uh really helps set up you for doing what you're doing now so let, let's just get right into it in october <laughs> the relationship with with canopy changed okay yeah tell us about that well you know listen we've always had a, a relationship with canopy um, right. going back to 2019 yeah. When the agreement, the initial agreement was made, and this is prior to, to May joining, um, where, you know, once it becomes federally permissible, there would be a transaction canopy would buy acreage. It was amended in 2020, uh, really driven because of the financial performance of acreage so that the agreement was revised. And, and I would say when I joined really the beginning of 2021, you know, we had a relationship in place. Uh, with with canopy and and initially the mm-hmm. focus was really about folk uh, prioritizing and, and and fixing the acreage business which we were able to do in 2021 and then during all that time um you know we were always working with canopy saying hey how do we fully leverage the ecosystem yeah within the context of hey the regulatory environment because federal legalization wasn't going to happen. So we were trying to figure out creative ways that we can bring this all together. And, and and that, that Peter is what I want to talk. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, that's what I want you to dive into is how, how does one plus one equals three and and what you're trying to uh, get done here and the moves that you guys just recently made and the ones you made in back in 21. So um, I think that's what's really important. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And my guest today is Mr. Peter Caldini. He is the CEO of Acreage Holdings. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. You listen to Plant Profits. I'm your host. My Guest today is Mr. Peter Caldini. He is the CEO of Acreage Holdings. And Peter was just about to embark on this relationship and evolution of this relationship with Canopy. And Peter, how are you guys uh, leveraging this and what does that entail and what does that mean? Yeah, so, you know, I think the first thing is, Mm -hmm. first of all, it was a long process to get to that point in October. Yeah. you know, there was a lot of creativity. We collaborated very closely with with Canopy and coming up with this structure. Okay. Um, because we recognize that the regulatory environment wasn't going to change. So, how do we create a a business model that can operate under the current regulatory environment? And that's where we created the concept of a special purpose vehicle, so like a legal entity in the U.S. Mm-hmm. that canopy had exchangeable shares so they weren't directly involved in the business but this new legal entity was able to trigger on our transaction mm-hmm. and was also able mm-hmm. to trigger on the transactions of Juana and jetty and also yeah. some other other opportunities there so mm-hmm. you know we anticipate let me just tell you about the process for okay. us to get to there 
Um, we have a shareholder vote, which we expect to happen at the beginning at some point in the first quarter, um, which would approve the sale or the um, the transaction for our floating shares. We have two share classes. Mm-hmm. Canopy already has the option to trigger on, on the fixed shares. Um, and then Canopy has to go through a shareholder vote to create a, a new class of shares called exchangeable shares. Um, at that point, uh, they'll be, you know, once that's approved and then they can start, you know, triggering um, to bring this all together. And, you know, the idea with this is really bring the power of these three organizations. So Acreage, uh, mm-hmm. WANA and Jetty. Um, to me, I think it's a tremendous opportunity to really accelerate uh, growth. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at Wana, you know Wana is a, a market leader in uh, gummies yeah. and edibles. Um, yeah, right? it's, so it's amazing. Great. So we can leverage we can leverage mm-hmm. their capabilities as opposed to acreage. You know, coming up with their own formulas or own gummies. Mm-hmm. So it's really leveraging their capabilities. We can actually then work together with Jetty and Wana as we go to specific retailers as a bigger mm-hmm. bundle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can leverage our infrastructure in the back end. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities to fully leverage the capabilities across the different businesses and really operate as one powerhouse um, business. Let, let's okay. Let's break that down because you you have and you said more than this, but there's at least three known important entities that make yep. this group, right? Uh, Jetty, Juana, Acreage. And it sounds great behind the scenes. You know, I come out of the adult beverage industry and there's, a, you know, and and uh, there's, there's uh, when you, you put these companies together, it, it really looks good in the boardroom. Um, and then you, you have to meld them together and there's got to be transformation sure. And uh, uh, pieces that put in play to make it all one plus one equals sure. three is what we talked about. So here's what people lose sight of and make big mistakes in my my view. And I've I've seen a few trips around the sun, right? So is is that they man this stuff sounds great? That theoretically this works. This is great. It's yeah. But the question I'm asking is as a consumer. What do I see that is going to affect what I do with my pocketbook that's going to tell you, Peter, we did it right? Yeah. You know, I listen, I think, Vern, I think you're raising a good point. I would say yeah. most M&As, right. it's all about execution, right? Yeah. And that even goes, forget about cannabis in any type of industry. You know, the biggest challenge mm-hmm. is it looks great. Like you said, in the boardroom, it looks great yeah. with the analysts, but it's how right. does this all come together? And it's always the executional element. And you always have that in big companies, which experienced professionals, never mind trying to do this in cannabis. So it's always an executional element. Right. You know, in terms of a, a consumer, what they're going to see is if we do it right, it's just yeah. more accessibility to the products better distribution, a clarity in terms of our portfolio strategy. So we might have different Mm -hmm. options leveraging those capabilities, but it's going to be a lot more, you know, accessibility um, of the products out there. Okay. Um, Probably a better pricing from a standpoint as we'll have scale. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where you're going to see the difference. But I would, 
I would actually say that the biggest impact you're going to see is more from an internal execution standpoint mm-hmm. than than actually the uh, the consumer. And that's where always the challenges are with any type of M&A. Yeah. So how are you guys going to work together? How's, how's the WANA leader and the acreage leader and the jetty leader? How does this coexist? Yeah, well, so I think we're pretty early in that process, firm because we're okay. not going to be our part of it is not going to close till the end of the year Got or it. the beginning of, of next. So, okay, you know, so we continue to be an independent organization. So we have to be very careful as we go through this process. I still have to operate with the hat of, of acreage. Okay. And it's still pretty early. And, you know, we're having some initial conversations in terms of structure and how to operate. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, what I would say is there's a lot of time to get that sorted out. And there's sometimes a little bit, danger spending too much time too early on mm-hmm. and distracting your organization. So, you know, we're trying to walk a fine balance. And a lot of these conversations, you know, quite honestly, are driven by by canopy. But, you know, I think to to answer your question, I mean, I, I think what I've been very pleased with mm-hmm. is, um, you know, working with Nancy and working with, you know, Ron is mm-hmm. very successful entrepreneurs, but I think they also understand you know, how to, to bring this all together and where mm-hmm. the opportunities are. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, I think a lot of those, those things still need to be sorted out and, you know, we have a good 10, mm-hmm. 10 months to do it. Mm-hmm. So w- will you in the next 10 months, you know, uh, before it all closes, as you say, will, will, will you guys start to see and, and, and feel some of those opportunities come to bear? I think we we will try to do that when we have yeah. to be careful, um, yeah. you know, because we do have our own, you know, requirements, specifics. We're an independent mm-hmm. company. They're independent. Yeah. Um, but there's always opportunities to have better collaboration and that could mm-hmm. lead to distribution opportunities that could mm-hmm. lead to, you know, leveraging certain platforms and capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of full integration, that wouldn't happen until it, it closes. Okay. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, that that really helps. I, I, as you can tell, I had a lot of questions about what this thing is going to look like, and um, because I think it's it's very uh, very interesting and can be extremely successful. And and I think that's awesome when consumers can have better choices, more of them. Yeah. Right. You, you know, Vern, if you look mm-hmm. at this transaction, it's a lot yeah. different than some of the traditional transactions in the cannabis space. Right. So most MSOs, you know, they're operating, let's say, in four states and then yeah. they acquire a company in another state. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a fifth state. Mm-hmm. So in essence, one plus one really at max can only equal the, the cumulative. Right. There's right. not a lot of synergies above it. And, and unfortunately, you know, because of the executional elements, a lot of times it actually, you're not getting the full benefit of that one incremental mm-hmm. asset. In this case, because of the model and it's, you know, these are brands that are highly successful in their specific um, categories. There's a real opportunity to take one plus one plus one to equal mm-hmm. five. Five, yeah. As opposed sure. to like one plus one, and then you just add another one. But it's also right. more complex uh, to, to execute it. Yeah. No, thank you for that, Peter. Um, let, let's talk about the business. Sure. A little bit. Let's talk about, look, we were all waiting in December that, you know, we're going to get that banking regulation reform 
Didn't happen. Right. Where are we, Peter? In terms of a regulatory standpoint? Yeah, I mean, where, where, where do you see what's next? When does this become another topic that gets to the brink? Again? You know, that's a, that's a good question, Vern. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, I think, you know, we've tended to be disappointed more often than, yeah. than, than not. And I think there was a lot of positivity re- regarding safe. It was almost, you know, that yeah. the, the probability was quite high and you mm-hmm. know, it turns out it, it didn't happen. Um, so it's really, mm-hmm. for me, it's hard to kind of judge, you know, what's going to happen from a regulatory standpoint, especially at the federal level. And, you know, quite honestly, and, and having operated in all these markets I've done in the past, there's one guarantee that, has always happened. It never happens as quickly as you think it does. Always. That's it's that's always a constant. A, yeah. That's a constant. So as an operator, you know, in my view is I always mm-hmm. look at it, how do I ensure success under the current regulatory environment? Right. Because when there is change, you're going to have plenty of time to adapt. And and mm-hmm. so that's really going to be our focus. It's historically always been our focus is yeah. let's focus on what the regulatory environment is today to make sure that we're successful. Mm-hmm. And that's at a federal level, that's at a state level, because when there is change, especially on the positive side, mm-hmm. you generally have time to adapt. Yeah. So that's kind of that's how we kind of look. I, at I it. think that's smart because you can you you can only control where you are when you exactly. where your feet are. You got to you got to own that. And and the problem is, though, I talked to a lot of people in the last couple of weeks and, you know, I just hope we don't have a hangover that's self-induced. Right. If, if, if you think about it, nothing changed since December 29th, the 30th, the 31st, right? January 1st was the same. Yeah, but I, I just, think one, I just of, one of the biggest differences, I think, yeah. without safe passing, I think it's created a, a really liquidity challenge for a lot of operators in, in the space. Yeah. And I think that's probably the biggest change because I think a number of, you know, especially mid-tier, smaller operators saw that as a potential lifeline to continue to get, you know, the, mm-hmm. the sourcing. Now, a lot of the capital is dried up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think many of the larger players like ourselves were pretty well, mm-hmm. you know, established. But I think it's going to have a consequence for for the rest of the industry, which I think ultimately, unfortunately, lead to a, a weaning out of, of, of the industry. No, I, I totally agree. Peter, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be sure. uh, right back back. I'm Vern Davis, and I am your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global, my company. And um, today, my guest is Peter Caldini, and he uh, is the CEO of Acreage Holdings. And we're, we're having a terrific chat, and I look forward to coming back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. Uh, my guest today, Peter Caldini, he is the CEO of Acreage Holdings. Peter, let, let's look at, you know, this year, look at some of the challenges and opportunities, as, as you said, as you mentioned, yeah, I think liquidity is an issue uh, moving forward here because, uh, unfortunately, some businesses were really put a lot of hope into something happening with with the banking legislation and I say and 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 it didn't happen so here we are and and we're living you know day to day here in that business but if you look at the challenges and I just look at this as a business is two consumer product guys goods guys talking here right if I I look at brands 
okay? And I look at state to state, it's it's so it's so difficult, right? You guys are in cultivation, you have a product in this state tastes different than this state, yeah. and, right? And there's many elements to that. Uh, and, and just getting, getting, uh, getting the forecast, right. Of how much to have, how much inventory you, you got. It's, it's, it's the wine business on steroids, right? It's multiple strands that you got to have to be competitive in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in an outlet. It, it's, it's very difficult. How are you dealing with that? Because, as this thing evolves, you know, you, you you want that to evolve and become more consistent and dependable yeah. to the consumer. How do you do that? Well, listen, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges in the industry, right? Because right. it is a state-by-state -state model. And mm -hmm. most other industries, you have one manufacturing location right. that serves the entire United States, right? And, yeah. and Advil maybe, is Advil, right? Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty consistent, you know, right. not only in the U.S., but in other other you know, countries as well. Right. And that is really the, the challenge because in each state you have your own facility and, mm -hmm. and realistically, I mean, this is a plant, so there's not always consistency. And that's something right. that we've always, you know, we, we want to be in the, 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 the premium segment, high quality premium. Right. Um, not to say that we, we have the quality to match that in all the states. And that's really where our focus is, you know, but I don't think you're always going to have the consistency. It's just the nature of the product yeah. and the nature of the model, but you need to be operating in that segment. And that's the segment where you make a decision for us. We feel that that's where we need to be. And I think in a number of States, we are operating in that segment. Okay. We believe we need to be in that because it's, we're not going to be a scale player, right? Yeah. So we want to make sure that we have high quality products. We want to make sure we upgrade in the markets where we're not. Um, but we continue to really pursue that as an operating business, the challenges, the consistency, I'm not sure. I think that's, that's going to be very difficult. You probably can start achieving that more in, you know, products outside of flour, but you know, that's yeah. going to be processed products. You can try to get more consistency, but I would say I agree. how you do that's going to be different. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the inputs are always going to be different, but that, that is the challenge for, for, for this industry. And so that's why for us, whatever we do, we try to stay in that segment yeah. Um, as opposed to like, hey, let's harmonize this, you know, from a taste and flavor and, and a strain profile because it's not always going to be consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I guess that 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 is the that is the case. You have these consumers that travel and they have different expectations because they're not thinking about it like you are. Yeah. They're thinking about it the, the, the way uh, a consumer would think about buying, like I said, a package of Advil. Yeah. Um, and that makes it a difficult environment. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the challenges mm -hmm. that's happening today and challenges is, I mean, to me, it's just normal. Yeah. Is it's all going to be about differentiation. When you talk about the branding and mm -hmm. things like that, it's, you know, if you look back a couple of years ago when the industry was growing at 80 percent, you know, the reality is there wasn't there was there weren't a lot of choices. There weren't a lot of you know locations mm -hmm. to go for the dispensaries. So. You know, now you have to create differentiation for, between whether it's your retail location, your brand and your product and what you're delivering. And that's to me is where it becomes 
traditional CPG. And, and, you know, it's about how you create that differentiation. And once again, one of the benefits of the Canopy USA structure is bringing in that capabilities of the Juan and Jetty that Mm -hmm. are best in class in their specific category. And we can leverage that throughout our, in all our states and throughout our portfolio. And no, it can great. be on the cutting edge of, of innovation, but it is That's about right. differentiation now. Yeah. You know, the 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 environment is is different. You have these very mature markets, Peter, that are, you know, it's got a lot of inventory. The price pressures are going down, right? That's that's the environment. Now the light is always these new markets, you know, Connecticut opened yeah. up for business, you know, New York is on the way, Maryland, there's 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 excitement. From that perspective, how are you dealing with that within the organization? Yeah, and I think it goes back to what I said regarding portfolio strategy. I mean, we clearly uh-huh. highlight what are the priority markets for us. And, and yeah. a lot of times it's around regulatory change. You know, for us, it was New Jersey. Yeah. We're off to a good, you know, great place. And, you know, Connecticut opened up yesterday. We're one of the the, the leaders from a retail standpoint. Um, okay. So we see that as a great opportunity. But it's really about prioritizing your internal resources regarding, you know, the the markets mm-hmm. where we see significant growth growth opportunities, which usually are driven by uh, regulatory change. Yeah, well, where are you? Uh, you know, and I, I talk to a lot of companies and a lot of leaders, and and you know, there's struggles in organizations about, you know, talent, and I talk to you know companies. You know, several companies are are really trying to professionalize their leaderships and, you know, whatever that means. And I think we all have different definitions of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get those calls, right? And um, uh, where are the talent gaps, as you see, that, that is probably consistent across everyone? It, talent gaps within an organization. Yes. Yeah. You know, to me, I think, it, you know, and this is the tricky thing about operating in the U.S., okay. um, you know, because a lot of the professionals come from, you know, these big multinationals mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. what we talked about earlier, this mm-hmm. is completely different operating in the U.S. in cannabis than it is where they came from. And I honestly, yeah. I find that as somewhat of a risk. I think the profile okay. you need to to identify are the people that can operate in a little bit more entrepreneurial environment where you mm-hmm. don't have big structure, mm-hmm. um, people that can really operate in, you know, across multiple geographies, understand, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the challenges too, it's not always a very professional organizations. If mm-hmm. you think about, you know, where cannabis was 10 years ago, <laughs> you know, these, a lot of the growers are, you know, we're doing it illegally. Yeah. And then you hand them a form, Hey, this is the policy handbook. They're like, what, what are you talking about? So that's, you know, to me, that's the biggest challenge because mm-hmm. you could have great experience from these, you know, great multinationals in the U.S. Right. It doesn't necessarily translate to cannabis in the U.S. And I think yeah. you really have to dig through. It's like, hey, you, you uh-huh. worked at a great company. What yeah. are those experiences that are more entrepreneurial that maybe mm-hmm. even worked outside the U.S.? We understand different markets, emerging markets. Mm-hmm. You know, can you understand the concept of centralization, decentralization, you know, and how you optimize it. So <laughs> I think that's the the biggest challenge, you know, yeah. so I, I, I'm a little bit sometimes like, oh, he had a great background. It's like, yeah, but what does that mean? Can they really adapt to what it's required to do cannabis? And I think that's one of the reasons why I think the experience I had is, you know, I, my whole career was not in the U.S. It was outside the U.S. for the most part. And, you know, you yeah. learn a lot of different skills doing it. 
Well, I'm sure you look for that type of career as you look for talent. And um, the other thing that I learned, and I think all you said is so true. Uh, I think the the other thing I learned is is that you got to leave your ego. Oh yeah, somewhere else because things change very quickly, and you you just really can't fall in love with ideas. Yeah, you right? definitely can. You, you definitely can, <laughs> and I think that's some unfortunate sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to be a very humble organization. Mm-hmm. You know, we I, I think at the end of the day, even when you look at some of the bigger players, I mean, it's not that big of a business compared to where I came from. Right. right. So then right. don't act like it's a $20 billion company because you're a $400 million business. And right. that's not that big. Right. So I think right. as a leader, you have to be very approachable within your organization uh-huh. because that does create a more entrepreneurial type of environment, more open, you know, flow of communication. And, you know, that's what people want to see. So I, I think the ego is one of the things that's probably surprised me the most in this industry. There's a lot of egos. Yeah. And I think wow. I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big <laughs> yeah peter that that's that's really good stuff let's let's talk about your thoughts about 23 okay yeah. what what are some of them let's start with acreage let's start with your business what 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 are your goals what are you trying to get accomplished this year yeah listen i think there there's a couple of things one mm-hmm. is you know and you mentioned it earlier I think there's a tremendous opportunity in Connecticut. You know, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, we're we're a market leader from a retail standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, we've opened up our first adult use dispenser. We expect another one to come online uh, in the next couple of months. And then we also convert our third retail dispensary. And we're looking to add on to that, you know, through our social equity partner. So I think we see a good opportunity in Connecticut. Great. We still see a lot of opportunities in New Jersey, although we're, oh, yeah. we're noticing that the market is starting to slow down, right? Okay. Um, so that growth's not there, but we have two operating dispensaries we're very happy with. We should have our third one this year, a great location. Um, you know, we we did some work, you know, we weren't necessarily happy with our output from our Egg Harbor facility. And I think we made a lot of great progress to really meet that high quality. So that continued to be a driver for mm-hmm. us, um, you know, Ohio is a continue to be a big driver for us as a, as a business. We're probably mm-hmm. one of the leaders in that state. Uh, continue to drive that, and they drive a lot of the innovation that we do have, and we try to make sure we get that throughout the network. And and mm-hmm. we also see an opportunity, um, really, from a wholesale standpoint in Illinois. Um, okay, you know, I think we're not because the market necessarily is growing and it is growing. It's a sizable market. I, I don't mm-hmm. think we got our fair share of the opportunity there and that's going to be a big focus for us. So that's where our priorities are. And that's where I'm going to see a lot of the growth drivers, but we also acknowledge that this is going to be a very challenging year in the marketplace. You know, there's yeah. continue more price compression. Mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, a number of players are probably not going to make it. And, you know, that creates a certain, you know, market behavior when that's happening. So, you know, it's going to be a lot tougher market um, operating in 2023 than what we've experienced in the past. Yeah, and everybody anticipates that. Um, what about um, acquisition? Yeah, yeah. Well, what, do you, what how do, what what is that environment going to be like? Well, listen. I mean, right now, as acreage, you know, yeah. we're we're in that process of completing the transaction with Canopy USA and. Yeah. You know, for, for me, I think there's a lot of work to do just to bring that all together. So we have to be very careful. But a lot of that would be driven 
through that canopy USA. But just okay. to answer this, I think it's a lot of opportunities for M&A. And yeah. I think it's a lot of good opportunities because I think there's good assets out there right. that would benefit from being part of, of a larger uh, organization. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of good opportunities. I would say that's not necessarily our priority right now is acreage standalone um, because we still have to complete our transaction with Canopy USA. But, you know, as a part of that, I think there's a number of opportunities that would fit in, you know, quite nicely with what we have. Peter, that's that's great. And I, man, I really appreciate it. it was, you know, first time meeting you. And uh, I really appreciate you you're, you're coming on to Plant Profits and and sharing with us and and the audience. Uh, and I, I'm wishing you, man, all, all the big success. Uh, Thanks, Fern. And, and Thanks. you know, we we need you to be successful. That's real important that you're successful. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. it's it's great meeting you. Great coming on, and you know, it's a small industry, and you know, let's continue to stay in touch. Oh, we will. We we definitely we definitely uh, will. And I want to thank everyone for joining Plant Profits and. Uh, hopefully you really enjoyed our visit with Peter Caldini, CEO of Acreage Holdings. And I look uh, for you guys to uh, search for us, Plant Profits, CannabisRadio.com, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, we're there on that platform, iHeart, Amazon Music, whatever. We are there. Look for us. And also, I want you to follow Produce Global, my company, through our social footprint and LinkedIn and Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. We're everywhere. And we're trying to be everywhere and really learn how about what we do in the talent space, how we build companies and how we change people's lives. And that's what drives us at Produce Global. And that's ProduceGlobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, Global.com. We'll talk to you next week. So until then, cheers, everyone. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.